Welcome to the Fox River Podcast. We are a church with a heart for people and the message of Jesus. It is our desire that you'll be drawn closer to God through today's teaching. To access notes from today's message, go to foxriverchristian.org slash message. Thanks for listening. Happy birthday to you. Happy birthday. You can sing too. To you. Happy birthday, dear church. Happy birthday to you. Awesome. Today, right, this weekend is Pentecost weekend, which means 1,988 years ago, the church began. It was born. And as you can clearly see, the flame of the church has never once been extinguished, all right? Not even once, all right? The church is truly unstoppable. Now, the question that comes to mind immediately is, how in the world is that possible? How did that take place? And the answer is found when Jesus speaks, as recorded in Matthew 16, 18. He says, I will build my church. Today, we're going to take a look at how it all began, how the unstoppable God began to build his unstoppable church. And I'll tell you something else. We're also going to see how, and we're also going to see uh, why that matters to us today. So everybody take your left hand. Let me see your left hand. Okay, left hand. All right. Yeah, there it is. Good, good, good. All right. Put it on your opposite shoulder right here. And now take it down to across your body to your same hip. Excellent. Very good. All right. Now that we've all got our seatbelts on, let's go. Let's go. Okay, let's pray. Father, thank you for today. Lord, it's a blessing. Thank you for graduate weekend. Education, Lord, is such a blessing. Lord, and we know this school can be really hard sometimes or really difficult. So, God, we thank you for the grace. God, that you've given to the graduates in our midst, both here in the room, at our campuses, Lord, and also in our online community. God, thank you for that, the grace that you've shown and given. God, help these graduates to use the knowledge and use the training that they've received, Lord, to make a difference in this world, Lord. And, and, and that they would excel and do well and give you glory, Lord, in, in whatever you have next for them. So, God, we pray for the graduates for sure, but we also pray for all of us, Lord, um, that you would help us to hear from you today. Lord, and, and do more than just let us hear, but, but by the power of your Holy Spirit, help us to also understand what you're trying to tell us, all right? And by your grace, Lord, may each of us respond to your good news, Lord, by believing and, Lord, by following you, following you like never before, perhaps, but be glorified above all else, Lord. Be glorified, we pray. In the name of Jesus Christ, amen. Okay, so let's turn to Acts chapter 2. If you have your Bible, feel free to turn there right now. Acts chapter 2. Or on your digital device of your, you know, whatever. You got one. Okay, anyway. You just turn there, okay. Now, as we're getting into Acts chapter 2, here is the setting. Acts 2 takes place on Pentecost. All right. Pentecostas is a Greek word and it means 50. So Pentecost is 50 days after Christ was crucified for our sins. Pentecost is a special feast day on the Jewish calendar, which means this. 
Jerusalem is packed out with Jews from all over the known world, okay? Obviously, Jews that lived in Jerusalem were there, but all of Israel too. In fact, all of the Middle East, Jews that lived, they came to Jerusalem. They came from Africa, all right? They came from Europe. They even came from Babylon, like out east, all right? They traveled. They made the pilgrimage here for this special Pentecost feast day, all right? Hundreds of thousands of Jewish people in the city of Jerusalem. And that's where we see the apostles, right? Acts 2 takes place in Jerusalem. Um, and we see the apostles there. Now, they are there because of this special feast day, for sure. But they're also there because Jesus, just one chapter before in Acts chapter 1, which Pastor Guy covered last week. All right, check it out if you missed it, okay? But, but they're there because Jesus said, hey, I want you to remain in Jerusalem. And I want you to wait Wait for the promise of the Holy Spirit that the Father has for you. It's coming, but you need to stay and wait. So, what do the apostles do? They wait. Because, and this might be really relevant for some of us today, waiting is what following Jesus looks like sometimes, doesn't it? Okay. All right, let's get into the text. Acts chapter 2, we're going to start in verse number 1. When the day of Pentecost came... They were all together, right? All the apostles, right? They're all together in one place. And suddenly a sound. Somebody say sound. Ready? Sound. Good. All right. Suddenly a sound like the blowing of a violent wind. Think tornado, hurricane, something like that, okay? Of a violent wind came from heaven and filled the whole house where they were sitting. They saw. Somebody say they saw. Ready? They saw, good, good. They saw, right, so they heard a sound, but they saw what seemed to be tongues of fire, all right, that separated and came to rest on each one of them. Verse 4, all of them were filled with the Holy Spirit, and they began to speak in other tongues or languages as the Spirit enabled. Now, who was doing the filling? Were they filling themselves with the Holy Spirit? Mm -mm. Who was enabling them to speak in these different languages? Was this after years of study? Like, ooh, I'm finally in Spanish 4, so now I'm going to let her rip, okay? No, it wasn't. Listen, listen, it wasn't them. God was doing the filling. God was doing the enabling. Now, why would the unstoppable God fill believers, or the apostles in this case, with his Holy Spirit? Why would he do that? Because Jesus said, right, what we covered a minute ago, Jesus said in Matthew 16, 18, I will build my church. All right? And if Jesus, if, if Jesus fills with the Holy Spirit, if the church is filled with his Holy Spirit, then his church is unstoppable. Okay? Verse 5, let's pick it up. Now there were staying in Jerusalem, God-fearing Jews from every nation under heaven. We talked about that. Verse 6. When they heard this sound, a crowd came together in bewilderment because each one heard their own language being spoken. All right? Utterly amazed, they asked, aren't all these who are speaking Galileans? All right, let's pause. Let's unpack that. There's, there's, there's some interesting stuff there, Okay. Aren't all these Galileans who are speaking these different languages? That's crazy. Like, man. What? So Galileans are from north Israel. And Galilee is on the Sea of Galilee. What do you suppose the main occupation of people who live in Galilee is if they live along the sea? What do you think? 
Yeah, fishermen, right? Fishermen are stupid, okay? Sorry if you're a fisherman, all right? But, but that was a stereotype. Honestly, that was a stereotype. It's like, man, these people are fishermen. They're from Galilee. Like, wait, they barely know their own language, and they're speaking all these other ones too? This is, this is utterly amazing, okay? Wow. All right, so why, why in the world is this is happening? All right, they're declaring, the apostles are declaring the wonders of God for sure. But how is this possible, right? According to whose power? God's power. According to whose purpose? Like, there's got to be a reason, right? You bet there is. But, but who's calling the shots? It's God. Now, why would God, right, not only fill, but why would God empower his church? Ordinary people here, okay? Why would he empower his church? With the Holy Spirit. Because if he does... His church is unstoppable. That's why a church that is filled and empowered by the Holy Spirit is unstoppable. All right? Now, we didn't read this yet, but at the end of verse 12, right, because you got this crowd that gathered. They're, they're bewildered. They're utterly amazed. you got this crowd gathered. And then they ask a question in verse 12. And they say, man, taking all that in, what does all of this mean? All right, now, now you and I, if we were there, we would ask the same thing. Like, what is going on here? Okay, so they asked that question. Now, granted, some of them probably had no idea. Because just like, just like most of us, all right, we don't know our Bibles perfectly, okay. So, so most of them, uh, or some of them for sure, are in that same camp, all right. But a bunch of them, all right, and I don't want to underplay this. A bunch of them are probably thinking as they ask each other, what's going on? What does this all mean? They're probably thinking somewhere back here, cerebellum area, Abdullah Abangada, somewhere in there. Like they're thinking Isaiah chapter 28. So let's take a little history lesson here real quick. Isaiah chapter 28. About 750 years before Acts chapter 2, there was a guy named Isaiah. He was a prophet. All right. The book of Isaiah, which is about halfway through the Old Testament, right in here somewhere. God spoke to his nation Israel through his prophet Isaiah, all right? Now, more pointedly, God spoke to the leaders of Israel through the prophet Isaiah. And in chapter 28, we're doing a lot of summarizing here. In chapter 28, here's what he says. He says to the leaders, listen, you have led my nation. Instead of leading them closer to me, you've actually led my people away from me. And judgment is coming. So when you hear a foreign language spoken in the land, in Israel, know this, judgment is imminent. And that's exactly what happened on at least two previous occasions. The people heard a foreign language being spoken in the land of Israel and the nation was conquered. And a bunch of them are thinking, man, is this happening Again? And the answer is yes. Judgment is coming. The clock is ticking. But a very important detail is this. It hadn't happened yet. It was coming, but it's not here yet. So, Peter, I don't know if he heard it with his ears or, or just the Holy Spirit was kind of like telling him, hey, this question is being asked amongst them. Like, like, what does this all mean? But in verse 14, check this out. Peter stood up with the 11, right? So he's got his, his 11 behind him. He's the 12th apostle at the time. And he's, 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 right? Then Peter stood up with the 11, raised his voice, and he addressed the crowd. 
fellow Jews and all of you who live in Jerusalem. And he's probably talking pretty loud because there's like a big crowd gathered, right? Remember hundreds of thousands of Jews in the city? So he's just like speaking out really loud, right? Fellow Jews and all of you who live in Jerusalem, let me explain this to you. Listen carefully to what I say. So Peter, filled with the Holy Spirit, Peter, empowered by the Holy Spirit, begins to speak the truth. He says, yes, judgment is coming. And here is exactly why. All right, we're going to jump down to verse 22. Fellow Israelites, this is still Peter talking, all right. Fellow Israelites, listen to this. Jesus of Nazareth was a man accredited by God to you by miracles, wonders, and signs which God did among you through him. As you yourselves know, all you guys, some of you, you, know, some of you most of you, you saw the miracles. You heard about Jesus for three or four years. All right, you, you, you know what's going on. You've heard the stories. You're familiar with Jesus. All right, listen. This man, verse 23, this man was handed over to you by God's deliberate plan and foreknowledge. And you, with the help of wicked men, all right, not only the leaders of Israel, but also the Romans who are occupying Israel at that time, all right, you, with the help of wicked men, put him to death by nailing him to a cross. But God raised Jesus from the dead, freeing him from the agony of death because it was impossible for death to keep its hold on him. Let's go to verse 32. God has raised this Jesus to life, and we are all witnesses of it. Listen, we all know Jesus was killed on the cross, right? We know that 50 days ago. We all, so many of us saw him when, you, when you're walking in the city, when you're walking out, you saw him. On Golgotha, like right, right down the street, you saw him. But I'm telling you, three days later, he rose from the grave. Me and my boys, we saw him, we talked with him, we ate fish with him. All right, Thomas back there, you can talk to him afterward. Thomas, he like put his fingers in the wounds. Like, like this is the real thing. We're not making this up. We're all witnesses of it. Verse 33, exalted to the right hand of God, the position of honor, glory, power, strength. All right, exalted to the right hand of God. Jesus has received from the Father the promised Holy Spirit and has poured out what you now see and hear. Like, all of this going on, this is Jesus pouring out the Holy Spirit. That's, that's what's going on here, guys. Verse 36. Therefore, right, let all Israel be assured of this. God has made this Jesus, whom you crucified, both Lord and Messiah. Ouch. You just got to say ouch sometimes. Man, the truth can really hurt, Right? Anyone been hurt by truth before? Right. Yeah. yeah, I've been hurt by truth many times. Okay. Truth hurts. So why would an unstoppable God, the unstoppable God, why would he use truth? Even though he knows that it hurts people. Why would he do that? Because as painful as 200 proof truth can be, sometimes... And I want you to say amen after this if you agree. Sometimes it's exactly what we need to hear. Amen. 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 If I don't know I have a problem, guess what? I will never seek a solution. Never. Jesus is building his church. And make no mistake, he uses truth to do it. 
Verse 37. When the people heard this, all right, we know this feeling. When the people heard this, they were cut to the heart. And they said to Peter and the other apostles, brothers, what shall we do? I mean, they're just like, like, we need help. Like, what, what's going to, tell us, we'll do anything. Like, tell us what to do. They're just, I mean, they're just, ah. Their hearts are being pierced deeper than the nails pierced Jesus' wrists and his feet. That's what's going on. They are being wrecked from the inside out. Now, why would they ask this question other than the obvious, which we just said? They're asking this question for two primary reasons. The first one is this, because they just heard the truth and they believe it. They believe that Jesus is God. They believe he's Lord and Messiah, as Peter said. They believe it. And they believe that they are responsible. They are guilty of sin against him. Right? They heard the truth and they believed the truth. Now the golden nugget in all of this, right, because truth hurts, right, but the golden nugget here theologically is when you believe at that very moment, when you believe, you are saved, according to Romans 10.10, 10, which is really great news. All right? Their sins, at the moment of belief, their sins, their personal sins have been washed away. They have been forgiven. Hallelujah. So they ask, what shall we do? Yes, because they believe, but also, this is part two, because God's judgment upon the nation is coming. Remember Isaiah 28? They know what's around the corner. And they're like, man, how can we avoid this? All right? And that's why Peter answers in verse 38. All right? He answers, he says, the whole nation of Israel needs to repent. Like, like you guys within earshot, you need to repent. You need to turn. Right? But the whole nation, like, like the hundreds of thousands of people in this, like everybody. All right? The leaders especially, the whole nation needs to turn. That's repentance. Turn back to God again. And each individual needs to be baptized. Identifying with Jesus and following him. Right? If that happens, God will not only forgive individual believers, as in the case of those hearers right there that were cut to the heart and the ones that were asking the question, they already believed, right? So, so not only if that takes place, individual believers, their, their sins will be forgiven and washed away, but also the nations as a whole. All right? There can be forgiveness for the nation, national Israel. But let's back up for a second. So I want to point something out. This is really, really, really important. Belief and forgiveness for the individual, they come first. What comes later? What comes next? Baptism. All right? That's why we call it believer's baptism. Baptism is how we identify with Jesus. Baptism by design, I know it doesn't always happen this way. In my life it didn't happen this way. We'll get into that in a second, okay. But, but it's like by design it's supposed to be I believe and then I'm baptized, all right. We identify with Jesus in our baptism and we follow him. Baptism is the first step. A believer, when they choose to be baptized, it's not about logic. It's not about, oh, this makes sense, all right. So graduates in the room, all right, graduates online, you're hearing this. You're like... I'm pretty smart. I graduated, you know. <laughs> this doesn't make sense, though. Listen, it's not about that. It doesn't have to make sense. 
All right? When a believer chooses to be baptized, it's not about logic. All right? It's not about comfort. I'm just comfortable going in the water. Like, it doesn't bother me. I love water. If people think something weird about me, like, ah, whatever. Or some people are freaked out. They're like, man, I don't want to go in the water. I'm not comfortable in water. Or I'm not comfortable with what people might think of me. I mean, my reputation's on the line here, isn't it? Now, those things are true. Listen, but they are not the motivation for being baptized or not baptized. The only thing that matters is this. Jesus says, follow me. Will you do it? Now, I got two questions. What was the date? And if you're following along in the notes via the app or online, right, just go ahead and write that in there if you want. But if you don't want to, just think about it. What was the date you first believed in Jesus? What was the date you first received him? What was the date that you trusted Jesus, the one who died on the cross for your sins, you trusted him to save you because you knew you couldn't save yourself? What was that date? For me, it was July 1998. Okay, so that's what I would write in the blank. Second question, when were you baptized? For me, what I would have wrote in that blank was July of 1979. All right. If your baptism date, just like mine, if your baptism date is before you believed, if your baptism date was first and you believed second, Maybe you never were baptized. Then guess what your next step is. Guess what your action step is. Believer's baptism. You go to the Fox River app right now. You can even, I'll give you permission to check out, not even listen to me for the next 30 seconds, okay. You're not even breaking any rules. You go to the Fox River app right now, the action page. And you hit that believer's baptism button and get that ball rolling. All right. I don't really want to. I'm encouraging you. Because I love you. I'm telling you the truth. You need to take those feelings. They're legitimate feelings, okay? But they don't factor into am I going to follow Jesus or not follow Jesus. You take those and just for a moment or two, you set those on the side. And you say, Jesus, even though I feel this, I'm going to follow you. I'm choosing. You've given me that freedom and ability. I'm choosing to follow you in believer's baptism right now. God is so gracious, isn't he? When we believe... He grants us forgiveness of our personal sins, all right? He not only grants us forgiveness, but he grants us fellowship, like companionship. He gives us his Holy Spirit to dwell inside of us. He's so good, this grace, this undeserved favor that he gives us. And in Acts chapter 2, I mean, and those things are true in our own life if we believe in Jesus. But in Acts chapter 2, let's not miss the grace that God is giving to his people then as well. God's like, listen, judgment is coming. But if my people turn back to me, man, it can be avoided. I, I won't send the Romans in 37 years, in the year 87. I won't send them. To, to level the city. I won't send them to scatter my people like it can all be avoided. There's so much grace because they deserve a butt whooping at that point. They do. God should get their attention, but he's like, man, if you just turn to me, we can avoid all of that. God is speaking, by the way, to the very people who killed his son. Yet he's willing to essentially just let him off the hook. 
right? God is speaking to a people. I'm talking about national Israel. He's speaking to a people who for the past 1,500 years, all of this, all of that, have basically turned their back on him and wanted nothing to do with him. He's willing to take all that rebellion and just sweep it under the rug. God's grace is so good. And that's what the message of Jesus, the gospel, that's what it's all about. We have a crucified and risen Savior, all right, who, who paid the price for every one of our sins, past, present, future. And he's ready and he's willing because of Jesus and what he's done for us. God is willing to give us grace. He's ready and willing to give us grace. In the same way there was grace enough for them in Acts chapter 2, there is grace enough for you and I also. Aren't you glad that Jesus builds his unstoppable church with grace? I know I am. Verse 41. So all this has taken place. In verse 41, those who accepted his message, right? Because Peter, Peter was talking for a whole, a whole long, right? Those who accepted his message were baptized. And about 3,000 were added to the number of the church that day. On day number one, man, the church like exploded in a good way. Exploded from about 120 to about 3,000. For you math nerds, I'm one of them. For you math nerds, listen, that's a 2,500% increase on day one. And God has not even let off the gas pedal at all ever since then. The church has continued to grow. It's unstoppable. In Acts chapter 2, the unstoppable God began to build his unstoppable church by the power of his Holy Spirit. By the conviction of his truth and with the grace of of his gospel. Jesus said he would build his church and that's exactly what he's done. But understand this, Jesus is still building. God's great desire is this, that every person will come to a saving knowledge and belief in Jesus Christ and be saved, 2 Peter chapter 3. And as Jesus builds his church, he is calling his church to join him. It's like instead of, of just being at a birthday party or when someone's holding a birthday cake, instead of just hearing him and, or her and a couple other people sing, it's like joining in the singing, even though you're not the best singer or even though you don't know if you should sing and it's kind of weird, like, okay. But, but, but like, hey, listen, and that was just a, a, a fun poke, okay. I'm not actually mad at you, but, but um, <laughs> I'm really not. I'm really not. I know that was like, all right. Anyway, but it's like this. It's, it's so much better when we do things together, isn't it? I mean, it's so much better. All right, Jesus is building his church, but he's saying, would you join me? All right. We can join with Jesus as he builds his church. Think about that for a second. Jesus is building his church, and I get to join with him. Whoa. And we can do that by growing and going. Because he builds his church in us as we grow. And he builds his church through us as we go. Oh, that's awesome. All right. So grow in your faith. With others. I mean, if we keep reading, now we're not going to, right? Because we don't want to be here for a couple of hours. But, but if, if we keep reading in Acts chapter 2, 
right, you're going to see this community of faith, right? And they're hanging out with each other. They're growing in their faith together. That's what it means, all right? How do we do that today? Because we're not in Jerusalem back in the year, you know, 33 AD. We're not there. This is different now. So how do we do it? We grow in our faith by weekend services. Now, if you're in person or online, it doesn't matter, right? Let, let, just, just grow in your faith. Another way to grow in your faith is by maybe, maybe some of us are not in a small group. We're not in a discussion group. Listen, listen, join. Join a series discussion small group. Today's the day. All right, go to that action page. Check it out. He wants to build his church in you. And go live out your faith. Because as you live out your faith, man, you're going. And we see that in the remainder of Acts. You're going to see that over the course of the next few weeks by God's grace. Just believers going. All right. Graduates, this is especially for you. All right. Like, like especially for you. you got, you're, you're crossing over one of those um, like thresholds. And, and the horizon that's been over there for such a long time, now the horizon is kind of here. Okay. You, you can take some deliberate steps in this going for Jesus direction. If, if you just take a second and, and say, I'm going to go. I'm going to go live out my faith. All right. The opportunity is right before you more than any of us in the room. Although it is true for any of us in the room. All right. It's about being a witness everywhere you go. You come into contact with anyone. Guess what? You love them. What about my enemies? Yep. You love them. And you pray for them. Even if they keep treating you bad. Even if they hurt you. Even if they divorce you. You keep loving them. Even though it's hard. The conversations that you have. We all have conversations every single day. Even if you get your laryngitis, you're like, uh, you'd still try and have conversations, okay? Conversations about Jesus. Now, it's not like everywhere you go, you're just talking about Jesus, talking about Jesus, talking, and people are like avoiding you. It's not, it doesn't have to be like that. But we all have normal conversations. How do they relate to God? Because they do. So you just have those conversations. All right? You share your story. All right? You tell, tell people the good work that God has done in your life. Tell them what you heard in church this past weekend. All right? Tell, tell them what, tell them what uh, 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 prayers have been answered. Ask how you can pray for them, right? It's just as you go, right? Being a witness for Christ no matter where you are, no matter who you're coming in contact with. Because Jesus wants to build his church, not only in you, but also through you. By growing and going, we join Jesus as he builds his church. Now, there are many ways to do this. Again, check out the Fox River Action page for some more ideas. But those of us who have not received Jesus yet, guess what? There's a particular action step that God has for you. And it's this. Would you receive Jesus today? If you believe that Jesus died for your sins on the cross, and if you believe that three days later, God raised him from the dead, then trust him to save you. Trust him to save you. It's not exactly the same as Acts chapter 2, but this part is the same. Judgment is coming. And I know that some of us squirm right now because like, we don't like to hear that. I get it. I know that feeling very well. But God is calling you to him. And if you don't appreciate the truth that judgment is coming, it's not going to be good. His desire is to save you. 
turn to him. Follow him. He is ready and he is willing to give you the grace that you need today. Let's pray. Father, thank you for these precious minutes that we got to share together. Lord, thank you for your great love. Thank you for your Holy Spirit. Thank you for the truth of your word. Thank you for your abundant, plentiful, amazing grace. Jesus, for the past 1,988 years, Lord, you have been faithful in building your church. I wonder, Lord, if in the same way, back in Acts chapter 2, you added to your church, I wonder if in the same way you might do that again today. Are there people here today, Lord, here in the room, at one of our campuses, Lord, maybe in our online community right now, people ready to receive you. If that's the case, Lord, I pray that you would grant them the grace right now in this moment that they need because you're calling them to step out in faith and you're asking them to, to step out in courage in a way that they've never done, God, that they might come to you. Loved ones, if you believe and you're ready to receive Jesus for the first time today, no matter where you're at, I want you to raise your hand right now. You can be in your car, raise your hand. You can be here at Waukesha campus, raise your hand. God is ready to give you grace. Yes. For those receiving Jesus, we say thank you. And as a church, we welcome them to the family of God. Lord Jesus, please keep building your church. Build in us, Lord. Build through us. And Lord, may your church continue to be more and more and more and more like you. Unstoppable. We pray this in the name of Jesus Christ, our Lord. Amen. We hope you were encouraged today. Subscribe to the Fox River Podcast to ensure you don't miss future messages. Stay connected through our social media channels on YouTube, Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. And of course, make a difference in the lives of those you know by sharing with them. We are grateful for you and hope you join us again soon.